This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. We'll just quickly uh, touch on our foundational scripture of 2 Kings chapter 20. Just that first verse, it says, In those days was Hezekiah sick unto death. And the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, came to him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. And so we, we mentioned before that the prophet comes to uh, the king. <clears throat> the word of God comes to, to the man that, that has a rule. And he says that your house is not in order. There is an urgency. There is, there is an immediacy about the actions that you need to take. Because you're about to enter into another phase. You're about to make a transition. And there's work that you've left undone in preparing those that you will leave behind. So he says to set your house in order. We know that uh, when we talk about this, this set, it's to put your house in a position. Put your house in a place where they can hear from, where they can continue in the word of God. Early on in these teachings, we talked about you know, that there, there are certain times, there, there, there are literally times in your life, times that define your life, seasons that define your life. We talked about the, the, the birth season. It, it's, it, it, if you haven't been born, then you're not alive. These are times that define your life. We talked about the salvation experience and your baptism. These are the times that define your life about your marriage, when you commit yourself, when you become one flesh with another person. These are the times that define your life. And we talk about your death and your home going. These are the times that define your life. Some of the things that, that, that all these times should have in common is that there is a place for your church, there's a place for local ministry in all of these times in your life. God has made a place for a, a, a carved out a section in your life. Now listen, we don't celebrate your birthday every year. We don't even celebrate your wedding anniversary. We may give you a hand clap, but we don't have a special service for you to celebrate those times. But there are times in your life where the local ministry has a place and it has a function. And it's to carry on that hope, that expectancy of life after life. And so, as we talk about this setting your house in order, today what we're going to focus on is we're going to focus on the services. We're going to focus on the services. They call them the, the funeral services. Some people call them home-going services. They call them the transition services. And so we're going to talk some more about, about, about those services, about what you should expect, what you should prepare your family for, what the purposes of these services are. So that, so that it won't be a surprise, so that there won't be a mismatch in, in, in what people are thinking that they deserve and what people are thinking that they are entitled to. People are thinking that, that uh, how can you, you know, not, not show the proper respect or the proper honor that is due to my loved one that's going on so that, so that your family, so that you understand these are the things that, that you need to teach your family and have them in expectation of. And we'll get into that some more. But, you know, one of the things that, that we find is that when you don't properly prepare your family, when you don't properly prepare yourself for these times in your life, there's a, there's a, there's a great 
a great opportunity for offenses to come. There's great opportunity for offenses to come. I cannot imagine how many times we had a, a, a baby dedication. And it was just a baby dedication. And, and for whatever reason, the, the mother and the father, they're not wed. And so the mother is a member of the church, but the father is not. And we have the mother on stage with her parents. Maybe we even have the godparents. But the father's not up here. And there's, 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 there's reason for it. There's, there's cause for great offense. Why, why would we honor? Why would we honor that, that, that union that, 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 that's not a union? There's, there's, there's reasons for, 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 for great offenses when, when you haven't prepared an expectation with your family and within yourself. That, that we are doing these things according to the will and to the word of God. You know, there, there's some marriages that happen with the entire congregation. And there's great ceremony and there's great decorations and there's, and, and there's great fanfare. There are other ceremonies that happen in the pastor's office. And, it, and it's because of the situation that those people put themselves in. And it's not that we don't love them anymore. It's not that you're any less married. But it's because all things need to be done decently and in order. They need to be done decently and in order. You know, there, there, there's, some, there's some parents that, that will come up and they'll say, you know, my, my eight-year-old has accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. I want to get them baptized right away. They'll say that, that, that my young child has, has made this, this confession of faith. We want to get them baptized right away. But in our children's ministry, we have a protocol, we have a procedure put in place to ensure that our children, that when they're baptized, they're baptized one time. We don't want children to get baptized at an early age because they're trying to please their parents. And then find out Ten years later, five years later, that they really had no concept of what sin is. And so we have procedures and processes in place so that, so that the children can know, the parents can know, and be sure in their child's salvation. Now, does that mean that when your child is eight years old and they say that they love the Lord, that you should discourage them and say, well, you really don't know what love is? No, not at all. You need to encourage them. That's a part of the lifetime, the lifelong instructions to teach your children to love God, to teach your children that they need to love themselves, to teach them that they need to love their neighbors. That is a part of your responsibility of lifetime instructions. But when we bring them into the building and we have the ceremony and in the public declaration, we need to make sure that the proper procedures and the protocols are followed so that the ministry is not blamed. Because when you, when, when you try to go outside of, to please your vanity, to, 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 to create a celebration that's not a celebration, what you do is you, you create cause for great offense. You create cause for great offense. In this house, we will not say that what is not holy, we will not say that it's holy. That which is not righteous, we will not say that it's righteous for the sake of your feelings. For the sake of your, your, your family's feelings, for the sake of your, your pride. These things must, these are the, these are the times of your life. We consider them to be extremely important. We consider the services and the ceremonies around them to be extremely important. We, 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 we know that they are pointing. That when the order is established, when the order is followed, that they are pointing. 
those that witness them, those that participate in them, they're pointing them to a greater hope. And we don't want to be sounding a false alarm. We don't want to indicate a false hope to anyone. We want to be true in what we do. So as we look at the services, just, just real quickly as we, um, as we touch base on some of the things that, that, that we're wanting to get into today, go to, um, go to 2 Corinthians. Go to 2 Corinthians. Chapter 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And we'll just start at the, at the first verse. It says, We then, as workers together with him, beseech you also that ye receive not the grace of God in vain. For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Giving no offense in anything that the ministry be not blamed. It says, giving no offense in anything that the ministry be not blamed, but in all things approving ourselves as ministers of God in much patience and afflictions and necessities and distresses. And it talks about the, the various harms that we would allow ourselves to suffer for your benefit. The inconveniences that we would allow ourselves to suffer. That you would receive the word of God truly and without any deception. So when we talk about the funeral service, the purpose of the funeral services, they are, the funerals, they're not for the dead. You know, a lot of times people, people think about their funerals and they think about, well, this is, this is my last time to put on the show. But listen, if, if, if it's your funeral, your time has passed. If it's your funeral, you're, stop, stop setting the expectation with your family. Don't, don't set the expectation with your children that your funeral is your time for you to put on the show. If, you're, if it's your funeral, your time has already passed. The funeral service is for, it's not for the dead, but it's for the living. The funeral services, they're not for the dead, but they're for the living. They're for those that have, that have been left behind. And the intention of those services, they're to provide comfort. They're to offer prayers. And they're to remind them of their assurance. So the intention of, of these funeral services are to offer comfort, to provide prayers, and a reminder of the assurance that we have as believers. Let's look at the, this word, comfort. The funeral service is to, is, to, is to provide comfort to your loved ones, comfort to the congregation about the presence of God. When you look at that word comfort, what it really means, it means to call alongside. Think about when, when you're comforting someone, when someone is being comforted, that means that you're being called alongside. And the context is that you've, you've been called alongside an injured party in order to provide support, in order to provide a brace. 
The, the implication is that comfort is an impartation of strength. When we look at comfort, it's to be called alongside. And so comfort comes from those that are in the congregation, those that are believers, that are called alongside the family. It also comes from the knowledge of the Holy Spirit inside of you. So you have, we have we, there's, there's comfort inside and there's comfort outside. Go to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew 11, verse 28, it reads, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy burdened, and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is the Lord talking about his, his labor, His yoke, that He provides the comfort, that those that, that the Holy Spirit is living inside of them, that we are providing the comfort. The Lord is working in us and through us to provide comfort and strength to those that are grieving. In a funeral service, the, the, the intention is to offer prayers and the prayers that, that, that we're offering in a funeral service, in a funeral context is the prayers to the family that, that they are kept we're offering them prayers and supplications so that they know that, that they are kept that they have not been discarded, that they have not been left behind yes, there's been a transition and that person that is deeply loved by them has unnaturally unnaturally been separated. The spirit and the soul have been separated from the body. And, and, and the, the, the response that, that any reasonable person would have would be to have outrage, would be to say that it's unfair, because it's not. It's not God's intention for the spirit and the soul to be separated from the body. But we know that it's because of man's disobedience that sin is. And with sin comes death. But we need those that are left behind to know that, that, that they are kept. That they, that they have not been left alone. That they have not been left without any means. That they have been kept. That the Lord, He stands beside you. That he strengthens you, but he also holds you in his hand. That he holds you, that when you can't stand anymore, when, when the, the grief seems to overcome you and to overwhelm you, that you are kept. That you are kept. Go to John chapter 17. This is, this is Jesus. He's, he's given instruction and he's offering prayers for his disciples, for the ones that he loves. As the, as, as the time of his crucifixion is, 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 is near at hand, there's an urgency for things to be set in order. 
And so how does the, how does the Lord pray before his transition, before his season changes? How does the Lord pray? Luke chapter 17, starting with verse 9, he says, I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but I pray for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. He says, I'm not praying for just the generic world, but I'm praying specifically for those that, that, that you've given to me. And Lord, I know that what you've given to me, that they belong to you. We need to remind our, our children, our family that, that, you know, I know that you love me, but you belong to God, that you belong to the Lord. Jump down to verse 15. It says, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but thou shouldest keep them from the evil. He says, I'm not, I'm not praying that they would avoid the pain. I'm not praying that they would avoid the suffering, because I know that that's not possible as long as we're in this flesh. But he's saying, I'm praying that you would keep them. I'm praying that you would keep them. Go to Luke chapter 22. The prayers that are offered. The prayers that, that, that we offer for those that, that, that will be left. For those that remain. Luke chapter 22, just jump down to verse 31. And, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, that your faith fail not. That your faith would fail not, that you are kept. Our prayers are that, that, that you don't fall away, that, that this... That this Situation that this incident doesn't cause you to fall away, that this great grief, this separation, this unnatural separation, that it doesn't cause you to fall away. And also that, 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 that when you're strengthened, that when you are converted, that you strengthen your brothers, that you, that you come and that you have a superabundance of grace flowing out of you. Our prayers for the family are that they, that they not be discouraged. That they not lose hope. But that they would be overflowing with the grace of God. And strengthen those. Strengthen those that are their brothers. In the funeral services, assurances are given. Assurances are given to each of us. Yes, it's for the loved ones. Yes, it's for the close family. But it's for each and every one of us. That we have hope. And our hope is found in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The gospel must be preached. The gospel must be declared at the funeral services. And it's not an attempt to pull on emotions. It's not even an attempt to have a bunch of people come down to the altar and say the prayer of salvation. No, but it's, 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 it's to declare the assurance of hope. The assurance of hope of the believer. You were in Acts, Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17. 
This is just a reminder. It says that, you know, in times past, we could be ignorant. In times past, God, God winked at our ignorance. But now the time has come that all men everywhere must repent. Go to verse 31. It says, because he have appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, where he hath given assurance unto all men and that he hath raised him from the dead. He's, 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 he's given an assurance to all men and that he has raised Jesus from the dead. That he is Lord above all. That he has the power. He has power over life and death. And so that's the purpose of the funeral services. To offer comfort. To offer prayers. To, to offer a reminder of the assurance that we have. The hope that we have. In preparing to serve those that are grieving. In preparing to serve that are grieving, we as a ministry, we, we govern ourselves according to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And our, our desire is that in, in, prep, in preparing to serve that are, those that are grieving, that all things would be done decently and in order. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And this is talking about the manifestation of gifts and the, and the order of services. But I think it, I believe it fits perfectly within this context. Verse 40 says, let all things be done decently and in order. Let them be done decently and according to the order of God. That means not, not according to the order of men. Not according to popular fashion. But according to the order that has been established by God. And so in order for things to be done decently and in order, some of the things that you should have in place is that there should be pre-planning. There, there should be pre-planning for your services. You need to have already considered what are, the, what are the key elements, the things that I want to make sure that are in place. Why is that? This is so that, this is so that, that, that those that are closest to you, they, they know what honors you. Don't, don't leave it to your children and your cousins and your sisters and your brothers to argue amongst themselves about what you like and what you didn't like and about the colors that you preferred and about the, the, the songs that stirred your soul. They, let, let, just let them know. Like, like don't even, you don't even have to argue about that because some of, some of the people that think that they know you, you know fully well. They don't really know you. You can tell by what they get you for gifts. You're like, what? Did, did they? I've known this person my whole life. Did they think I would? Okay. That's why I'm still sitting in the closet downstairs, unopened. Pre-plan, pre-plan the services. When you're pre-planning your services, one of the things that you need to do is that you need to involve those that are near. I remember when my mother passed that. That I had the uh, opportunity to uh, to go up, and I and I was able to um, 
to actually go and spend, it, it seemed like almost two or three months um, as, as, as she was in that particular phase. Um, and, and I got a chance to, to be with my sisters and we got a chance to talk and we got a chance to, to, to do some planning. And I was, I was uh, surprised at, at how much she had, she had told my oldest sister about what she wanted, about what she liked, about what she preferred. And, you know, I, I guess if I was in the flesh, I could have said, well, she, she could have shared all that with me. She could have told me, why did she tell all of us? We, we grew up, my mother always told us that we were all equal in her sight, that she loved us all the same. And so I could, I could have been in the flesh and said, well, why didn't she tell me about all those things? But guess what? My sister was near. My sister was near to her. Not near to her heart. She was near geographically. She was near in proximity. She was just a walk away. And so listen, when you're preparing your services, you need to involve your family that are near. Because there are some things that you just cannot do from three states away. There's some, there's some arrangements that, that should not be made long distance, looking at a, a picture on a computer screen or even a phone call. Because when, you, when, when they get to the site and it's not right, this calls for great offense. When, there, when, when there should be, it should be a time where, where, where they're able to grieve and be comforted. So involve, involve your family that's near. And listen, you need to, you need, you need to let, let everybody else know, look, so-and-so, so they got the details. Don't, don't you, you know, there, there's some people in your family and you know who they are. They think that they need to control and run everything. They think that it's not going to happen unless they make it happen. There's just those personality types. You know who they are. Listen, the person that, that's near to you, they need to be strong enough or you need to be strong enough to tell, tell those people, look, this person, they, they got it. They, 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 they have it in control. They have it in their hands. You don't have to, you just come, you just come and be comforted. No, you don't have to make, you don't have to pay for it. You don't have to pay for anything. You don't have to make arrangements for anything. There are no decisions that you, you just need to come and be comforted. Let them know that so that, so that you can avoid all kinds of controversy. I, and I know that there's a, there, there's a, there, there, there are plans out there that allow you to prepay. And if you want to do that, that's, that's, that's your business. You can prepay, but definitely without any question, you need to pre-plan. There should not be any, any controversy or any debates over, are we going to have a burial or are we going to have a cremation? Is the cask going to be open or is it going to be closed? There, there's some things that, 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 that really should already have been decided. In preparing to serve those that are grieving, there, there's, 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 there's a role for your local church. There's a role for your local... These are, these are the times of your life. They point to a greater hope. There's, there's a role for your local church. You need to set the expectation with your family that, listen, these services, we're going to keep them as simple as possible. 
What we do, we're going to do as simply as possible. You know, it's, it's so easy when, when your transition is a long way off to think of Broadway productions and multiple selections and, and all kinds of, you know, I don't know, animals or whatever. But listen, we're going to keep these services as simply as possible. One thing that you should expect is that the gospel will be preached. And a lot of times our families, they're not, a, they're not, they're not on board with that. They want to go through all of their emotions. They want to say what they have to say and give all their well wishes and their, their proclamations and their declarations and their, their, uh, their fraternal and, 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 uh, and, and rights. And, and drag on a two-hour service. And then when the, the, the minister comes up to declare the gospel, everybody's impatient, everybody's out antsy. But listen, that's what we came for. Church, we have to be, we have to be, we have to get, we have to set our houses in order. We have to set our houses according to God's order. We're going to have to put away these, these vain traditions. We're going to have to put away these vain babblings. And, and let the services point to a greater hope. Let your, let your services point to a greater hope. The gospel must be preached. The gospel must be preached. Listen, as, as soon as, as soon as a transition has happened in your family, they need to, they need to know to contact the office right away. They need to know to contact the office right away. There's probably, there are other people that are going to need to contact as well, but they need to notify the office right away. Well, but, 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 but Minister Martin is my best friend. I let him know. But Sister Stinson is my, is, is my close friend. I let her know. Yes, do that. Also, contact the office right away. Why is that? Because, yes, there are people that are in your life. There are people that are in your family's life. But there's also the local church. And there are resources that need to be put in motion. There are procedures that need to be followed. Because it should not be on Minister Martin. It should not be on Minister Stinson or whoever it is that's your favorite person in the church to ensure that all the things that are needed to make, your, to make these services a, a blessing and a comfort to you, that, that, they, that they go off without a hitch. There, there are so many things that happen behind the scenes that, that most of you will never know, that you don't even need to know about. But just know that in this church there are many people that have their hands on specific areas but all of us, we have aligned ourselves and submitted ourselves to the direction of our pastor, Pastor Alva Hill, and she has established the process and procedures in place that these things, they come from the direction of the office. In terms of scheduling the facility, in terms of working with which ministers will be a part of included in the service, in terms of having ushers available, in terms of having the music ministry, the soloists and selections engaged, all these things, they happen, they, they, they come from the office in the direction that the office provides. 
So yes, contact the people that you love. Contact the people that you know. But also make sure that you reach out and that you contact the church office. Because we want all things to be done decently and in order. Don't, 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 don't let it be said that, 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 that Minister Haston was there and he was praying with you. And he was, and he was comforting the family. And, and, and you told Minister Haston as he was doing his, his role and his responsibility of, of ministering to you, that you told him that you wanted precious Lord to be played during the services. And it slipped his mind because he was focused on the Word of God. He was focused on the Scriptures and what you all needed to hear about the Gospel. And the services came off and precious Lord wasn't, wasn't played. And you were like, well, I told Minister Haston that, listen, let your family know that we, we will do things decently and in order. We will do these things decently and in order. Contact the office. They're going to they're going to get they're going to get back to you. They're going to work with you to make sure that the things that that we're able to do, that those things are done. Now, does that mean that, that your favorite minister is going to do the eulogy? Does that mean that your favorite soloist is going to sing that song that always stirred your soul? Listen, we are, we are one body. We are one body. And we are in position and we serve as the Spirit has set us in position. So, so listen, it, it, it's, it's, it's not, you, you can't, your, your favorite soloist may have been called out of town for, 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 for their job. Your, your, your favorite soloist may, they, they may, they may have a, a, a sore throat. Look, there, there's a whole ministry, there's a whole music department. That is, that is put in place, that has trained those that are capable. There, 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 there's an entire group of ministers that have been trained and have been put in place to do the things that need to be done for the services. And so does that mean that, that, that because you ask for so-and-so to be at your services, well, it could be that not not that not that not the minister that they don't that they don't love you, but there could just be other things in place that that might prevent them. But another minister would have the opportunity. They would have the opportunity. So all things need to be decently in order. There is there is a role. We need to set the expectation that all things would be done decently and in order. A, sim a simple order of service. A simple order of service. That there is typically a, a, a processional where the ministers, the pallbearers, and the family, they enter into the sanctuary. There's a musical selection. There's scripture readings. Typically we, we read from the Old Testament and the New Testament. There's what we call a, a eulogy, and that's where the gospel is preached. That's where we reflect upon the life of, of, of the person that is, that, is, that is passed. But then in that reflection, we're also are reflecting on the hope that they had. The hope that they had. And that hope is found in Jesus Christ. And then there's the benediction. At the graveside, if there's, if there's a burial, if there's a graveside service, 
You know, I found that, that some people don't even do graveside services anymore. They, 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 there's, a, there's a committal where the body is committed to the ground. And there, there, there's prayers and benediction at the graveside service. Now, if, if, if there's no coffin, if, there, if there's no body, if there's, let's say there's a cremation, I, I know some people that, they, that basically they say, we're not, even, we're not even doing the whole cemetery thing. We, we, that, that's going to be covered separately. And so, in that case, that, that, that's, 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 the, that's the order that happens there. In terms of ministering, ministering to those that are grieving, what, is, what, what can you do in preparation to make sure that your family is pointed in the right direction to continue to serve the Lord after you've gone? Setting these, setting these things in order we talked before about the instructions that you need to give your family over a lifetime of teaching. We talked about the financial considerations that you need to, t- to take so that your family is well prepared for, so that your estate is not in disarray. We talked about the services and the ministry. Having these things in place, what they do is they give your loved ones the space and the time that they need to grieve. When you have your house in order, it gives your loved ones the space and the time that they need to grieve. There's not a bunch of questions that they have to make up the answers to. These are things that have already been decided. There's not, there's not a, a bunch of concerns and, and, and worries that are on their minds because the things that, that, that could be prepared for have been prepared for. What you should expect, what you should expect is that people will pour into your family. You should expect that the members of this local church will pour into your family. And those members of this body that are pouring into your family, this is what's happening. They are the fruit. They are the result. They are the offspring of all that you poured into this local ministry over your life. The ministers are pouring into your family, but listen, when the ministers are talking about you, they, they, they know what you've poured into them. The ushers are pouring into your family, but the ushers, they're, they, they're, they're pouring into your family. It's, 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 it's multiplications. It's, it's multiples of what you've poured into them. Those that, if, if, there's a, if there's a repast, those that, that, that prepare and serve your family, they're pouring back into your family what you have poured into them. 
So as you as you prepare, as you set your house in order, take stock. It says, how have I poured myself into this local ministry? How have I poured out my life into this local ministry? How have I sown myself into this ministry? Because your family is going to reap that. They're going to reap that on the day of the funeral. They're going to reap that on the week after the funeral. They're going to reap that the months following. A year later, when they thought that they had put the whole situation, the the, the passing, in a context that they could handle. But a year later, when something, a memory comes up, and they find that, that they... That, that they thought they had it, but they, they didn't quite. That's, that's, when, that's when those rewards, that's when that fruit will manifest itself. As your local family embraces and pours into your family. As this local church covers and surrounds and comes alongside your family and strengthens and pours into them. The legacy that we leave in this earth is not it's not money, it's not fame, but it, it is an expectation. It is an expectation that our hope, that our hope and the hope of those that have gone before us, that it's going to be fulfilled. Go to Revelations chapter 21. Revelations chapter 21. Our family is going to have to continue to move forward. They're going to have to continue to press and to press in and to sow their lives in. To local ministry. They can't afford to be stuck in the past. They can't afford to be stuck in grief. They need to, we need to point them and say, look, we're going to have to press forward. We're going to have to press forward because we have hope. We have an expectation. In Revelations 21, this is the Apostle John. He says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. And there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of the heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself, Glory And God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. 
family, as we deal with death, as we prepare ourselves for what's next, we need to know that we, we have to keep moving forward. We need to set our house in a position to obey and to follow the will of God. We can't be stuck in the past because we have an expectation, we have a hope that when the Lord comes, He's going to bring a new heaven and a new earth. And there will be no more death. There will be no more unnatural separation. And all of our tears will be wiped away. All of our pain will be wiped away. I love this, that God himself, God himself, there will be no more types, no more shadows, but God himself, he's going to be with us. And he's going to be our God. Amen? Family, I hope that you've been benefited by these teachings. I encourage you to go back and bookmark and, and, and look, look over them and take examination of your, of your house, of the things that you've set in place naturally and spiritually, of the expectation that has been set with your family. Take stock of, of how you've been living your life, of, of the, the, the seed that you have sown into this local ministry and that which you have laid, laid up and stored for those that will come. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.